Hello and welcome. I'm George Baldwin and I'm excited to announce our new podcast, Keeping It Real Estate. In this podcast, we will be talking in depth about the property world, interviewing local people, giving you an insight into people's property journey, current issues and what the future holds. I hope you enjoy listening. We are um, here with our next guest, um, who is the lovely and I don't know how else to introduce yourself really, uh, entrepreneur, got MBE title over her head and charity woman of the year. Uh, without further ado, it's Julie Kent. So, um, Good morning. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming along. Um, I mean, first things first, let's sort of um, kick off around this sort of MBE that you do have <laughs> around yourself. Um, do you mind just sort of revealing what that's in and how you came about that? And I'll be honoured in that. Well, it was actually in lockdown that yeah. um, in our first week in June, sat at my computer, an email came in, it was all capital letters and numbers, and actually I nearly deleted it. I thought it was what? spam. No. And I thought, oh gosh, what is this? And I thought, well, I'll just open it. As long as I don't click. So I clicked on invoices before and brought systems down. <laughs> so, um, and it said, um, you know, would you, cabinet office, it said at the top, and would you accept um, an MBE from the Queen? I was like, oh my God, I went all hot. <laughs> kind of, um, so it was a bit of a shock, but it was a nice thing to happen in lockdown because I was just about to finish 30 years at Dean Close and I had an empty boarding house because no one was there. Yeah. Um, so, But it did say that you're not allowed to tell anyone oh. if you accept until the autumn. So this right. was June and I was kind of, when is the autumn? Um, so really... Because <laughs> yeah. time of COVID just yeah. disappeared. Yeah, so <laughs> I told my husband and then had to just say nothing. And then got an email um, the end of September. It was announced on the 9th of October. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it's decided, but I haven't received it yet. Oh, okay. So I still haven't received oh, it. Oh, okay, okay, uh, fine. So I have been, but someone did buy me a miniature. And yeah. I have worn that because I'm a member of the Honourable Company of Gloucestershire. Yeah. We have these lovely dinners. Princess Anne came and the Duke of Gloucester came. And that's the sort of thing. You know where all the um, army people wear their row of medals? Yes. Well, we're allowed to wear medals then. So I have worn my miniature, but I haven't actually been... With pride. With yeah, pride, yeah. I was really excited. Yeah. Was kind of, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was nice. So it was okay. for um, services to charities okay. for the last 30 years. I mean, it's obviously something that I think everybody knows you in that sort of field I think as well but I mean you know where did your sort of career start I mean obviously there were, you touched base around um, being at Dean Close um, yeah well that was my paid job yeah so, okay um, I was a musician I went to Leeds College of Music did a degree in jazz and light music yeah um, was a musician on the road for probably five ten years and then uh, when I met my husband, decided to, you know, do something sensible. And so started to teach. He's a sensible head. Yeah, <laughs> taught in lots of different schools and then ended up at Dean Close all of the time. Um, and was there for 30 years. But our first daughter, we lost our first daughter when she was two and a half. And we started a charity then in her name and donated to the Pied Piper and the Children's Hospital in Bristol. Yeah. And then after about eight years, um, closed it. And at school, got got the kids at school to raise money for things like Teenage Cancer Trust, mm. Breast Cancer, yeah. 
Uh, we had a school, um, a link school in Uganda. Oh, wow. Um, and then I was, I mean, I would attend those things. I would do what I could, but I ran the community action at school. So anything, you know, kids might come to me if something happened and say, oh, can we do something for this? You know, we just do, organize a cake sale. Or, so anything yeah. to do with charity at school really um, went through me. And um, and then Pied Piper asked me to become a trustee. And it was weird because we'd given the 50,000, you know, in the 90s to the Pied Piper as uh-huh. the hospital was about to be built. Uh-huh. And the oncology, the children's oncology is called the Emily Kent unit. And so for them to ask me then to be a trustee, it kind of brought it all back round. Yeah. Um, which I'm vice chairman and, and I'm actually the fundraiser now on a voluntary basis. Voluntary, okay. Um, and, and then I was approached by Cheltenham Open Door, which is, um, you know, a charity in Cheltenham for vulnerable people yeah. who might be homeless and not all homeless, but mm-hmm. they're vulnerable and they have mental health issues. So I've started to chair that. And then I was asked to sit on the board of Goals Beyond Grass. So it's kind of, um, you know, the trouble is I don't say no to anything, which I really, <laughs> it's my, it's my New Year's resolution. Okay, right. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> How are you going to get around that? I don't know. When someone comes up and says, oh, could you just help us? I'm going to go, no, no, no. Oh, well, how much time? I mean, I guess that comes from maybe being a teacher, maybe, back in the day when, you know, at Dean Clay. Well, no, I'm just saying, you know, you always help kids, don't you, as a teacher, and sort of maybe that sort of come into your career. Well, and in a boarding house, you know, I was the surrogate mum. Yeah. So... You know, for 20 years, I lived with 60 teenage girls and, you know, my default was to find their trainers or yeah. their English file that they yeah. lost, you know, or in the middle of a lesson, they would text me and say, I'm in the loo crying and I'd have to go and find oh, them, no. you know, so All it sorts. was a natural, yeah. Yeah, natural, natural thing. thing. But good good experiences there? Oh, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Some, um I, you know, I threatened that I would write a book of all the um, all the tales that we got up to in that yeah. boarding house for twenty years. Maybe I'll wait. Maybe I'll wait <laughs> a while. Let it lie low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Start it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you call it? Um, Diary of a Crazy House Probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've obviously touched base around around the school as well there, but um, I, I get the impression that you're you're see. A very good giver and a helper and everything like that and I wanted to sort of um, really sort of understand you a little bit better as well um, so what advice would you give to someone wanting a similar career as you? I would say I was thinking about this coming in mm. right so what do you like doing think to yourself what do I like doing so say you love horses yeah a natural thing to do would be to contact all the riding for the disabled charities and say Right, I ride horses, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. What I find sometimes is people volunteer to do things that actually they have no interest in. They want to volunteer, which is yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. But then when they are washing up in an old people's home, they're not mm. very happy. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and then and then you start to think of all the negative things around it. So I think it's really important to figure out what you like doing. Say so you like baking. Mm. If you like baking, contact an old people's home and say can I get some of your residents to do, can I lay on a baking afternoon and those that are able come and do some baking? Or, yeah. You know, the important thing I think is find out what you like doing and then try and share that yeah. um, on a voluntary basis with a charity. Yeah. Um, you might love organising events or you might like playing golf. I mean, gosh, how many charity golf days are there? There's going to be loads next year. We've already got five on our books, I think. Um, you know, people <laughs> come to us and say, oh, we're going to have a charity golf day. And I yeah. think, oh, 
that's 9.30 till 10 at night. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you like playing golf and you want to raise money for a charity, it's a natural thing because yeah, okay. you love playing golf. And actually, yeah. luckily, in Gloucestershire, so do a couple of hundred other people <laughs> like playing golf. But choose something you like. Don't get involved with a charity because they ask you and you're not interested in it. Yeah, it's okay. It's something that you... You know, sometimes I think the word passionate is overused. Yeah, good. But Mm -hmm. you do have to have a very strong feeling about what you are volunteering to do. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, it's great advice. I think um, uh, thanks for sort of sharing that. I think um, you're right. It's it's all about, you know, things that interest you and and, and Mm -hmm. how do you get that out of people must be a natural thing to you being, you know, the teacher that you were and, and mm. et cetera. And then obviously going into sort of other areas that obviously you can see that you're wanting to do charity based work. So I think, um, you know, people will definitely be inspired by you and, mm. and I think look up to you. Do, you. do you get that? I think, I think the thing is I don't ask anyone to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Okay. So I am out there in the wind and rain. Um, you know, I will do, I'll do almost anything. So I think that's what makes people come along with me. They think, well, she's not just ordering people to do that and asking them to do that. She's actually doing it herself as well. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, well, I'm, I'm up really early. I go to networking meetings at quarter to seven in the morning, even though my husband says, you are retired, Julie. What are you doing? Yeah, I know. Um, so Is there I, any relaxing time? Well, he's, he's got a good plan. He books a holiday and then he knows he gets me. I, I love buying <laughs> on the phone line. Just okay. It's a good plan. Yeah. Um, where's 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 the best place that you've been? Oh my word, that's really difficult. Sorry. Rome. Rome. Okay. St. Petersburg. Oh wow. Ah, uh, loved St. Petersburg. Um, so many places. I liked Las Vegas. I went to Las Vegas with my sisters. Okay. My one sister was fifty. Yeah. And we've got a sister in Australia, and she we all met in Las Vegas. Okay. And my husband would have hated it. He said, "Yeah, go with your sisters. I have no interest in going to Las Vegas." <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, because it's different, isn't it? Yeah. You know, music is coming out in the flowers. It's just <laughs> yeah. amazing. Um, <laughs> but Rome is the place that we like to go back to quite a lot. If we were kind of we, we, we love cruising, although we haven't cruised for a while, obviously. Uh-huh. But we went out of Rome, and because we'd been there, we've been back twice since. Mm-hmm. So that's we think, is a lovely weekend away in Rome. Yeah. Um, and Barcelona, I suppose. But, Lots of places yeah. there. Lots of places. Yeah. Um, we touched base, obviously. Could I just ask, you, you, you play golf? Badly. Badly. Yeah. I play the saxophone. That's what I play. <laughs> I know. <it's- laughs> A good saxophonist is that the correct plural? Is, is, yeah. is that correct? I think that's correct. Yeah. Um, if not, someone challenge that. Um, <laughs> um, I wanted to ask as well. Um, back at school, what was your favourite subject? Oh well, music obviously. Music. Yeah, I just mean, loved it. And certainly in the sixth form, I could go upstairs into the top of. The, I went to Denmark Road actually. Okay. Sister, okay. And I could go up to the top of the building and practice in those rooms up there, and the sound is amazing. Yeah. Um. So definitely music. Yeah. I always wanted to do something with music. Always, always music. I think mm. it's um. I mean, if you if you haven't heard, obviously, some days down at the Suffolk's, you play there yeah, as well, right? It's that... Vegas window. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I'm trying to, I don't know what the sort of terminology is for that. It's sort of busking. trying to get trying busking, but inside a shop, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, yeah, it's it's brilliant, and obviously, I think it's just 
um, the sound that you get from that mm. is, is totally different. You know, pianists and all that sort of jazz is it's it's a different thing rather than just hearing people sing. Obviously, I'm doing quite a lot of weddings actually at the moment. Oh, are you? But, but I'm doing them when people come back from the service, and you know, you either have the photos or you have the drinks bit before you go in to eat. I'm doing that slot, and that's yeah. a really nice slot. It's about an hour, hour and a half. And I can just play what I want, but it gives, when you're having your drinks, I played at um, a barn last weekend and the wedding planner said, oh, it's really good to have something yeah. rather than pipe music going on. And loads of people come out and said, oh, it was really nice. It's yeah. really good. So, you know, if you um, want someone to play in that slot, give me yeah. a bell. Ah. <laughs> Not getting married yet. <laughs> or anytime soon, I think. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, thank, thank you for sort of touching base on that sort of thing um, around that. Where, where we sort of um, want to also touch base on is obviously this is a property related. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think one of the questions I do want to ask is, you know, if say, um, you know, in five years, how, how do you envision the property market? That's, that's one thing. Oh I want, my word. Because uh, it would be interesting to hear from your your. Well, home. I hope as I own four properties yeah. that um, it'll be in a good place. Okay. Um, you know, we've bought properties um, to rent out for investment. Yeah. Uh, we've got one that's got six flats in it, so that's actually bringing us an income. Yeah. Uh, because we are unretired. Yeah. I retired young. Yeah. And um, get that in there. Yeah. <laughs> good, uh, good, good. So in five years' time, we have talked about, you know, if we wanted to do a world cruise mm-hmm. for three months. Yeah. Uh, probably cost about sixty grand or something. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, I've always said, you know, we'd like to do a world cruise yeah. before we go. And we might, you know, sell one of our properties. So we have bought property with the idea that it's going to increase in value. And actually, our daughter, she's only had her house for about 18 months. And I know that's increased by about 25,000 already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can't see it going in any other direction except up. Okay. Really? Yeah. But what do I know? I'm a saxophonist. Well, you, you tell me no, I think, how it's going to go. Uh, I think you're right. It's um, it's definitely going to go through peaks and troughs all the time. I think personally, where where I think we will have a big spike, which we did in the summer, and then it will settle off, and then it will keep doing that um, spike again of massive demand, and it will keep continuously doing that personally until something gives and I'm not too sure what it is yet mm. but there has to be something that will give over time it can't just continuously go up and up and up and up um, but even if it goes slowly I yeah absolutely think, I think it's very rare that I mean I say to younger teachers that mm. I was um, working with and they were worried about their pensions because there's been lots of talk about teachers pensions and I said buy property mm-hmm. especially if we were fortunate enough to live in school yeah. And that gave us the opportunity to buy property. Yeah. Um, and I just say to people, I just think it's, you know, you, it's hard to put money aside for a pension. Mm. Put it into property. Um, even if you cover your mortgage and you've got someone living in it in five years time, I would be so surprised if you can't make money. No, I, I mean, you are right. I mean, I think, yeah, that it's good to sort of get an, an opinion on, on, on that. Because so many doesn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> what about your daughter? Does she get any insight into into any of this? She you sort of yeah, mentioned. Yeah, she yeah she is, and actually she is already um, 
she's actually only 21 and she runs her own business. Fantastic. And um, her plan is to shovel loads into, um, she's already saving. Yeah. Um, and the house that she bought had already been boarded out. Okay. The roof, so she'll yeah. be able to turn that into the third bedroom. Yeah. She wants to get rid of the conservatory and build a proper um, kitchen diner. And, oh, lovely. And already she, her plan is, you know, in five years' time, when her mortgage is due to change, yeah. that she would probably then remortgage and use what she's got and extend her house because she loves where it is. It's mm-hmm. lovely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she does. I suppose it's quite unusual, isn't it? It's unusual for a 21-year-old to have a child and a yeah. um, business, but she does think but about it. She's done it. Yeah. And proud yeah. of her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Very, yeah, very. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you support her in that way? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did give her a helping hand, obviously, mm-hmm. to get it. Mm-hmm. But I think that is the way it's going as well, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and actually, if our son was more settled, we probably would help him, but he still doesn't really know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think young people, my niece actually is just 21, yeah. and she has just started to save with her boyfriend for a house. I think it's weird, isn't it? British people have this thing about owning your own house. Yeah, definitely. But Europeans don't. You know, they're quite happy to rent apartments. Yeah. We actually have a house in Spain. And oh. the people, we're, we're, near the, we're near the sea. Mm-hmm. And lots of the, the houses around us are owned by people that live in Madrid or Seville. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. live in apartments in Seville. And they, then they have a sort of family home that is shared between all the brothers and sisters or whatever. Yeah. Probably owned by the parents. Originally. Yeah, sure. sure, sure, sure. And they all go there at the weekend and they all go there the summer or whatever yeah so it's a completely different vibe but we still have this thing we're very british and think if we own our own house we've really achieved something don't I, we? yeah i think so and it is an achievement though it is yeah. because it is you know you want to put your stamp on it you want to make it your own home yeah. and i think that then settles a lot of minds for mm. for you know for younger generation and equally older mm. as well you know you, it, that sort of side i think is is quite important but it's lovely to hear that you know equally younger people are looking at yeah. trying to get on the ladder and everything like that yeah. um but yeah it, it's it's good is what i'm trying to say um you touched base obviously you know you own a couple of properties and i just wanted to to ask um as an experience here what's it been like being a landlady actually i have to be honest i don't get that much involved <laughs> yeah Good. My husband does, yeah, and um, he gets frustrated. Especially, I don't think he would buy another property that had a maintenance. We actually own a property that's on quite, um, you know, the old houses in Cheltenham that were mm-hmm. converted into apartments. Mm-hmm. The maintenance bill is enormous, and if they decide to paint the whole of the house, which obviously is massive, yeah, then you get a bill for that. Yes. Uh, so I think uh, he <laughs> definitely has been put off. Yeah, okay. Um, um, properties like that. And if my son wanted a flat, he would, I think, he would try and talk him out of it and buy a house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, over the years, I mean, our house in Gloucester, our yeah. house in Huckabee, we rented out for 20 years, mm. good and bad. Okay. We had one lady who was an accountant, passed all the, you know, all the um, tests and everything, all looked good. She was actually made redundant, and, and then we discovered that she'd um, sublet every room. So when we actually tried, when we moved back a year and a half ago, every room had its own phone line and, you know, everything. Oh, wow. You know, TV, socket, everything. Lovely. Um, That's what we like. Not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, we've had some horror stories. And yet, you know, we've got an apartment in the park and we've only had two residents in it 15 years. It's been brilliant. So you have up and down. Up and downs. Yeah, okay. But I would still say it's worth it. There you go. See you around here. It's good. It's good. Um, if you won £10 million tomorrow, what would you put the money on? Well, charity for a start. Charity, yeah. So it's probably half of it. Yeah. Uh, half of it I'd give to charity. Um, the other half, we would go on a world cruise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's almost obscene, isn't it? Yeah, it is, absolutely. That kind of uh, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, why we wanted to yeah. throw out that in, in, in this sort of... Um, yeah. It is, but, you know, it can happen. Yeah. It can. And it definitely would. Well... Um, would it change your life? Mm, I don't think it would change me. No. In fact, 10 million, gosh, could probably give 9 million of it away. And really? just I probably would, selfishly, like a flash car. Yeah. Um, but actually, at the end of the day, you know, I I drove a Bentley for two weeks. I had a okay. friend yeah. who, he called me one day and said, oh, um, can we borrow your car? I had a Nissan Duke at the time. Yeah. And he said, can we borrow your car for two weeks? You can have any of my cars. He had two Bentleys, a Maserati, um, a Ferrari. Good friend. I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, um, gosh, why? He said, well, my son has just failed his driving test and he's learning in a Nissan Duke. So if we could borrow your car for two weeks and you could drive your car, more chance of him passing. Yeah. So I chose the cream or white soft top Bentley, yeah. which I drove for two weeks. Oh, gosh, I was so stressed. Yeah. Well, I would, I parked it right at the end of the regional arcade car park, you know, so that no car was near it. Or wherever I went, the petrol station, people would go, nice car, love, nice car, love. I was like, why are people talking to me? Just because I've got this car. Um quite frightening having a car that's worth like 200,000 yeah well I don't know do you know that George no I don't I'm afraid but But um... I probably would like something it would probably my driving's pretty bad so it would need to be something probably like um you're not going to say that no it genuinely (laughs) is um you need to be you know higher up and lots of um very sturdy but flash as well Okay. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. Um, We are coming to the end, unfortunately. Um, We have to obviously keep these um, podcasts to a limit. And I know Julie probably would want to talk more and more, which is a shame. But um, uh, I wanted to just ask, um, finally, is there anything that you want to share with Pied Piper and your charities? Anything that you want to... Yeah. Um, Really... It's 30 years of Pied Piper next year, mm-hmm. and my daughter who died would be 30 next year as well. So it's going to be a very emotional year next yeah, year. Rest in peace. But I absolutely uh, just want to raise hundreds of thousands for Pied Piper. Yes. Um, Charlton Open Door, which is my other charity, we're moving to a business park, and we please think about the homeless people or the people yeah. that don't can't make ends meet at all. Mm. You know, don't have one property, let alone any others. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to... Just think about that, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. think about it. And if you can even buy some pot noodles and stuff and yeah. give me a bell, yeah. you know, we'll take it. So where is that? Sorry, where is... It's going to be down at the business park um, in Allstone Lane. It's the last little business park before the railway line. Okay. Um, but it's called Chatham Open Door. Yeah. And Every week we put on the things we're looking for. We're actually looking for coffee at the moment. Okay. I, to get, I, I made the coffees and teas yesterday. Yeah. And I said, gosh, we haven't got many jars of coffee left. They said, yeah, it's on our list. <laughs> so um, 
you know, and and just hope that everyone has a lovely Christmas. And yeah. Can be with their families because yeah. last year we couldn't. Yeah, I know. So, you know. I mean, fingers crossed. Hopefully, yeah. I <laughs> yes. really don't want yeah, there yeah. to be another lockdown. But um, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, obviously, yeah. Please, any any sort of donations, yeah. any anything you can sort of uh, give. Obviously, you just open um, spoke about the open house there. Um, please, you know, just yeah. give what you can. Yeah. I think, you know, especially over this Christmas period, I think yeah. we should definitely think about others. I yeah. think in this moment, um, rather than ourselves, maybe. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, Pied Piper charities, MBE, <laughs> Julie Kent. There you go. Um, thank you for being our, our guest. Um, thank you for coming along. Um, anything else you want to say? No, I've got a podcast too. It's called hey. What's in the Goodie Bag. What's in the Goodie Bag? And everyone that's on has to donate something into my Goodie Bag, okay. which I then raffle or auction for the Pied Piper. Wow. So every guest, so it's near the end, and then I say, what are you going to put in my Goodie Bag? So I've had all sorts, you know, coaching courses to be actors and actresses. I've had, um, I've got to go and collect it actually from Lisa Von Highwall, who does the hats. Yeah, She's yeah. Be one of her um, Jurofsky oh. brooches. So oh. All sorts of lovely things. So, yeah. Um, and, and the series at the moment is called 60 is the New 40. Yeah. Obviously, because I was 60 recently. If you're not on social media, then you won't have known that. If you are, you definitely <laughs> would have known that. Yeah. Um, so if you are in your 60s and you're exciting and have embraced the 60s <laughs> and want to be on my podcast, let me know. Good. Well, there you go. Thank you. And um, we will see you soon.